Welcome back, everybody. Hello, Sipians. Today it's kind of fun because we're mixing a little bit of the elder class with the younger class. And what is medicine all about? It's the transition of the older way of looking and doing with the younger way of thinking and being. And that's kind of what we're doing. We have with us distinguished physicians that have made themselves not just oh a word or two in a footnote but they've really made themselves uh, a, a valuable member of American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians if not the world community of pain we have Amon Simone and we have Harold Cordner and Harold was the president um, outgoing and a mole's basically coming in and Harold went through the toughest time he could possibly go through. <laughs> What's this thing called COVID? Yeah, he went through that when there's no in-person meetings that we all had to kind of figure it out as we went. And he did a tremendous job of leadership and we all did really did it together. ASIP is uh, an organization that comes together when we need to. When things get tough, we come together and we get it done. It goes from interventional pain, controlled substance management. It goes to our legislative side of the world. It goes to how we practice and what's available to us out there in the real world. Like, how about we get good rates on malpractice? We get good rates on the materials we need to practice our daily activities, and it's all there, ASIPP.org. Go to that page, look it over. I think you'll be absolutely pretty stunned at what it's all about. That was a visual. We have with us today as well two younger but emerging physicians, Michael Labano, and we have um, Kenage of Um, the most um, impressive folks I've had on the show in a long time because what they bring to us is a um, idea that in two new folks that are coming on our show. Michael Brana and uh, Kunj Patel, they are emerging physicians that I think are worth a listen. So uh, let's get to it. And uh, we really want participation in the younger ranks and file. We don't want people to get complacent. This stuff, yeah, it's here and we've got codes for epidurals, we've got codes for facets, we've got codes for SIs. But you know what? They're always under challenge. As a matter of fact, uh, epidural and uh, facets took their challenge this year. And, you know, we stood up. Uh, younger folks like these guys, they stood up. And we want everybody to take this uh, specialty uh, well into the uh, uh, years of uh, 
<laughs> basically their twilight like us where we had a good good career when we look back at all the people we helped because that's what it's all about and access to care so you know the the the, the point is you want to have a good career go home pet your dog see your family say you know what i feel good about what i did uh, I did the right thing for the right reasons. Okay, so for that, let's get on to uh, the interviews. And um, it was kind of fun. It was really a lot of fun for me. And uh, please do not hesitate to contact anybody uh, in ASIP's uh, upper management or executive board because we're completely accessible. Believe me. I don't want you to even think for a minute that uh, it's intimidating to give us uh, a holler, to give us a question. We'll do what we can to get the answer. We can't always get the answer, but we'll certainly try. So uh, we can start from uh, the ASIPP uh, website. You can fire us an email or or pick up the uh, the freaking phone. We'll 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 get back to you. All right. Well, let's get to it. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is the uh, American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians. We're all ACIPians, and we have a special guest today. First of all, let's start with uh, some of our senior members, Amol Salon and Harold Cordner. Harold uh, did a fantastic job getting us through the COVID experiment, (laughs) and it was an experience, wasn't it? So he uh, led uh, a really challenging time for ACIP. Uh, on the heels of some real tremendous support, uh, the shoulders of a Molson So what I want everybody to do um, is just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. The incoming president, Amol, tell us about yourself. Yeah, hi. Thanks, uh, Hans. Uh, I'm Amol Soyan um, from Dayton, Ohio. I did a pain management fellowship at the Cleveland Clinic, and I did my anesthesia residency at Rush in Chicago. Uh, After finishing fellowship, I moved back home to Dayton and started a private practice. I've been a member of ASIP since my first year as an attending, and I found it to be a a very valuable and rewarding experience. Um, I've had the privilege for the past year to learn from and work under uh, Harold, who's the current president and is probably president of ASIP at the most difficult year we've had any year that required a significant amount of leadership uh, to get physicians and the society through this uh, really difficult time. Yeah, terrific. Harold, uh, you did a great job. Why don't you tell us about yourself? I I know you're probably the only one in this February day that's warm. I am warm. It's a little cold here in Florida, but way better than it is where you guys are at. So, Um, I am Harold Cordner. I am uh, an anesthesiologist who uh, turned pain management about 27 years ago, 28 years ago. So I've been uh, have a private practice in Vero Beach in Sebastian, Florida, uh, for that long. Um, I um, I am currently president of ASIP, and you're right. It was a very bizarre year. We had no cadaver courses, no live meetings. Um, so it really, um, you know, kind of I felt like my son, who was a senior in high school, who got robbed of his uh, high school prom and graduation and all that stuff. Um, but you know, the every society, every person in the entire world got affected by this. So 
Um, it was um, not a whole lot to do, actually. Amal gives me a lot more credit, but we didn't have a whole lot of um, things to do other than the the COVID updates. That was a lot of work, but that was, you know, in, in the early part of it. But um, I'm very glad to be here and really um, look forward to this uh, interaction because I really have a special place in my heart for trying to recruit and retain young members. And um, so I'm glad we could do this. Well, I, I'm not going to agree with you that you didn't do a lot. You did a lot. Um, there was a famous tennis player in the 70s that said, uh, uh, I win because I take adversity and make it advantage. And we had some great meetings. So, I mean, who knew? Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. My name is Michael Lebrano. Uh, I am about, at this point, a year and a half out of fellowship. I, I did my anesthesia residency at UCSF and then my pain medicine fellowship at Brigham. And I ended up staying in the Boston area to join what was a very well-renowned private practice since the 60s, mainly anesthesia with a component of pain medicine. And as we'll likely dive into, COVID changed a lot, including the dissolve of the practice and the employment by our hospital uh, of our group. So it was quite the initial year out of fellowship. Um, I certainly learned a lot, but I have been an ASIP member since I was a resident, actually, middle of residency, uh, with a lot of mentorship uh, help and a lot of opportunities. And I feel like my involvement really has given me a lot of skills and been a great resource throughout that period of time. And also even now uh, as a young physician practicing. So I'm very excited to be invited to join this call. And I uh, look forward to hearing what Kunj has to say and what you guys have to offer as far as insight. Yeah, you went to coast. You went coast to coast. <laughs> Kunj, what you got to say? Uh, hi, I'm Kunj Patel. I'm uh, also an ASIP member ever since residency. I'm a private practice physician in St. Louis, Missouri, and um, I was co-fellows with Michael Lebrano, where we did our pain fellowship at Brigham together. And also before that, I was a PM&R resident at Emory University. And um, yeah, I'm really um, honored to be here. You know, I, I owe a lot to ASIP because um, as a as a first or second year resident, um, I, <clears throat> uh, I attended the ASIP meeting and that's what inspired me to become a pain physician. Uh, it, it was that or sports medicine. And, and just with ASIP doing all the exciting things with endoscopic spine surgery and uh, having an innovation session. And back at that conference, there was even a, ses a session where they had a neurosurgeon talking about decapitation and reconnecting the head with spinal cord stimulators. And it was bizarre, mad science. But it, but it makes you dream, you know, and although that never happened, it, you know, I've continued to be able to dream because of ASIP and the, and the exciting initiatives they've done. So, yeah, I'm really uh, excited to talk more about everything. And as far as COVID, um, my practice really, um, my outpatient practice really picked up during the pandemic. So it's been a lot of embracing the technology and pay in, paying attention to the ASIP web, webinars that were given that were extremely helpful regarding telemedicine and, and remote patient monitoring and everything, so. Well, our transitional presidents, um, why don't you both um, uh, speak to the theme here, and that's the youth contribution, the vitality, the, um, as you said, we may be connecting heads with stimulators. We'll use stimulators for everything someday. Um, and. And what ASEP is not only forward thinking for you, but what would you want us to be thinking about? Amol and Harold, take it over. Sure, thanks. You know, uh, as the um, 
incoming president, I'll, I'll you know lead it off here. And to start with, I want to mention something about Kunj Patel. The first time I met him was at an ACID meeting, and he actually won an award there um, for a research project that he did. And, and I just think that's phenomenal for young physicians to have that opportunity um, to, to do with ACIP. And um, it's something that you know we'd probably like to hear a little bit about. But before I get to that, uh, I have a question for Michael. And you know, as we look at me, um, you know, moving into a role of leadership next year, one thing I'd like to learn from you both, but how about you first, Michael, is um, just about how ASIP can reach out to um, younger physicians. And so can you tell me um, what do you think or how has ASIP helped you uh, when you first graduated from fellowship and, and started out as a new young physician? Well, one of the things that I think especially young physicians are looking for is a sense of community in your specialty and a sense of mentorship. Um, I, I think, you know, Kunj and I are lucky where a lot of uh, people graduating most programs now have some sort of way to keep communication open via some type of WhatsApp or what have you, but that's still a small group of people just bouncing off ideas. But being able to go to a meeting or interact with people that you've met at meetings when you just have casual questions about how are you approaching this patient situation? Or have you had a case like this? Or what level would you put your spinal cord stimulator at for this type of problem? It's just something that you don't see everything in fellowship and being able to continuously learn and hear about you know, how to approach new problems from people that are also coming out in, in the field, but also have done this for a very long time is, is super, super helpful. So the networking and mentorship opportunities also all the different opportunities for learning via webinars. And obviously this year we didn't have cadaver courses, but those are incredibly helpful for adopting new technologies, I think are enormously, enormously helpful. And something that I think, uh, you know, especially in a subspecialty like pain, which is a little bit different than anesthesia, I think, is that it's always evolving and changing and people are always doing new things uh, in a way that really impacts how you can help out your patients. And without having an external source of, CME or um, you know a way to learn these things it's just kind of it's you, it's just kind of hard so uh, especially in your if you're in a small group or a tiny private practice or even an employed practice with a handful of older docs like I found myself in where I was the one coming in with new ideas being able to have other resources for pulling those in has been incredibly incredibly helpful. Harold uh, you you had a couple I thought important comments and talking points. Uh, Kunz, you could probably, um, you could speak, I'm sure, to what it was coming out of training and how daunting it was to break in. Harold, what, what do you think? Well, I think um, it's certainly a challenge. Um, you know, I, I remember when I I first started, I was an anesthesiologist and I was chairman of the department and um, I had the opportunity for years to meet, become friends with most of the referring primary care doctors, the surgeons, this and that. So when I kind of went into pain and opened it, it was kind of easy transition for me. I had I've been in the community for a long time. And I think back now, if I just graduated fellowship and wanted to hang out a shingle, um, it's, it's intimidating, um, you know, just the, and the things that they don't teach you about, you know, you have to 
find a, a office and sign a lease and uh, you know spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars equipping it and then uh, hire personnel and go through billing and it, they don't teach you any of that stuff and um, you know fortunately the way I kind of transitioned I had already done that so it's no question why most of the young people want to go get, get hired because they can just go into work you know have a nine to five thing they they can you know pick up on those things but I think to start out on scratch on your own um, it, it's really um, very very difficult um, but I think, you know, that's, uh, you know, there are resources in, in ASIP and in other uh, things for that. So I love mentoring people coming out. And, and I, I know that a lot of people have told me over the years and said, hey, you know, what do I do about this? What do I do with that? And practice management is, you know, is good. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of my friends now that had, you know, good practices and then they sold the practice, got uh, employed by the hospital and now they're you know half of them are miserable they want to leave um, and um, so I think you know that's still a struggle I believe in all these young people what do I do you know do I get employed by somebody do I open up on my own and what do I do and there's so many questions coming out of fellowship on what do you do um, that I, I don't envy them at all because that is a really difficult way to start well then um, Harold I think this is for Kunj um, we were uh, hang the shingle type guys, but we had our our associations. Uh, Kunch comes out. Um, Harold, what would you, what kind of advice would you give him? I mean, Kunch, you had some stress, I'm sure. And um, Harold, what would what would you tell the guy that's transitioning right out? Um, you know, I guess you really gotta. I think you have to look. I think to the future. You know, and look at where do I want to be in five or ten years? Not like what am I going to do this year and what I could buy. You know, I think a lot of fellows come out and they'll go join a practice to learn, um, kind of do like another you know two-year meeting fellowship to learn the basics of the business and then go out on their own. And that's certainly a, a great alternative way to do it. Um, but I think I think you'd be really surprised at how open um, seasoned old farts like me. Um, she would be willing to help you guys and say, hey, listen, do this, do that, you know, um, don't reinvent the wheels because you don't want to make all the mistakes that we made, you know. Um, well, what and, would you tell them? Um, what would you tell Coons? And then Coons respond to that. If, you know, uh, you got you to gotta start now. I mean, we all, we all yeah. have to have a starting point. So, so, you know, a lot of it has to do with geography. You know, if you're going into a place where there's um, one, you know, two huge pain groups um, that kind of have cornered the market and you want to come in on your own, um, that's going to be a difficult start um, versus if you go into an area where there's not a, there is a real need for you um, and, um, you know, the hospital recruits you, something like that, that's certainly a lot easier. Um, but, you know, I would say don't go for the, don't go, if it's, don't go for all the money up front because if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true, you know, and then, um, you know, really look for, do I want to be here long term? Do I want to be here in 10 years? Do I want to raise my kids here? Uh, is this really where I want to be? And um, and is this the kind of practice I want? Can I grow here? You know, can I become uh, a partner here? Um, or am I just going to be an employee until I'm miserable and I leave anyway? So he brings a good point up about benchmarks. Um, you know, where you where do you see yourself at three years, five years, seven? Where do you see yourself? Right. <laughs> yeah, th thank you so much for um, those comments, Harold. And, and, and both uh, you and Hans uh, 
really appreciate all the all the work you've done and you, yeah you've mentored so many uh young physicians like us and just by serving as leaders you, you you've created a path to allow us to um you know to to step into a well-oiled market you know and and uh where there are clear guidelines of what we need to follow to get our procedures uh approved and you've done so much work on the back end you and Amol as well with protecting the reimbursement and no, having facet guidelines that are published by ASIP, so we know exactly what you've made it simpler. I mean, it's never easy to come straight from fellowship into uh, being a, a private attending. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you have to learn um, coding and billing, and and then uh, the host of um, is one of the most highly regulated professions that exist. You, you know, in the United States, um, uh, just following all of the the, the, the medical legal um, re regulations, <clears throat> it, it can be very daunting. And um, so, so, yeah, certainly having the ability to talk with, uh, with you all and leaders like you and, and peers in, in, that I've met through ASIP over the many years has been invaluable. And I, I have de definitely have some ASIP members, senior ASIP members on speed dial whenever I have a question. So that, that's been incredible. Um, <clears throat> as far as starting a practice, so I ended up, um, I, you know, coming out and the, the right opportunity didn't present my, didn't present itself, you know, the academic institutions weren't hiring at the time in the, in the area. And a lot of the private practice groups, um, where they had their own, um, you know, either limitations, um, where I couldn't do the full breadth of what I've been trained to do as a, as a paint fellow, um, you know, with a lot of turf wars, uh, you, you know, and uh, you know, I really embrace what all, all that ASIP has has given out to its members. You know, uh, you know, endorsing endoscopic spine surgery and creating a, a certification pathway to allow pain physicians to really work at the top of their specialty. You know, I wanted to practice. It's, it's like Harold said. You know, you should you look forward to the future, and um, you know, that's what I kind of kept my uh, sight on. Uh, really allowing a, a practice situation that would allow me to do everything that I have always wanted to do. Um, and, and as our field becomes in, even more invasive, you know, filling that gap between injections and spinal fusion surgery, uh, as we continue uh, to invade that space or, or, or create that space, I should say, building the evidence and um, the, the, the patient care pathways, you know, this becomes even more important, you know, having, having some autonomy. So for, for me, what, what helped me out was the ASIP practice solutions that, that ASIP has established over the years. Um, everything from <clears throat> the NorCal liability insurance program, which, um, which is you know, my insurance program, but it, what's so fantastic is that they allow you to do regenerative medicine. They'll, they'll cover 100% of your reg uh, regenerative medicine liability and uh, no, no questions asked. And, and, and also I get a very good rate uh, as well through, through ASIP because ASIP negotiated that. Um, they also covered clinical trials, so it was really important to me to be able to do some of the, uh, you know, clinical trials and spinal cord stimulation and, and, and peripheral nerve stimulation and all the exciting things that are coming out that I participated in when I was a resident and a fellow in, in, in my training institutions. Um, and then, you know, just some more practical things, like they, they have a billing company, ASIP has the Fedora billing company, which charges only 3% to its members, and um, which is actually much better than other billing company rates, you know, the standard anywhere from five to seven to eight percent. And, and also this one offers a lot more. They do 100 percent of my prior authorizations, uh, even for endoscopic cases. They do it for, um, you, you know, every single injection they, they, they do it. And, and so far they haven't uh, let me down and I can call them anytime. You know, I speak with them very frequently. And um, 
I, I did transition to them from a different billing company, so I have a reference, and so I can definitely speak to the the level of professionalism there. Um, but definitely, and they also do 100% of your credentialing. So um, there's no way I could be in the position that I'm in without um, having Fedora as a practice partner. You know, just the amount of staff that I didn't have to hire, uh, doing my prior authorizations, doing my eligibility verifications. I mean, th these things are critical, and ACIP kind of already solved that problem for me by by having by partnering with Fedora. And and you know, there are other things too that that really helped along the way. Um, PedsPal, the group purchasing organization, helps get me discount pricing on on everything from uh, you know epidural supplies, uh, you know contrast, famously, um, and you know my lidocaine and everything. And that's been a very reliable source. And and now I'm in the phase where I'm looking for <clears throat> somebody to join my practice. And uh, the the other ASIP solution that's that's come to bear is the ABIP board certification because you know it's not not everybody is able to get into uh, or, or even their their career trajectory didn't take them towards the pain fellowship pathway. You know maybe, maybe they have pain fellow uh, they have family obligations or maybe they just wanted to do a sports and spine fellowship and get more sports exposure. Um, you know, and a lot of residency programs do have sufficient um, spine procedural training, especially the PM&R program. So the ABIP certification actually in, in uh, several states and in, in many states is recognized as equivalent to the ABMS board certification and you can list yourself as board certified. And, and plus it gives a, a discount on the NorCal liability insurance. So yeah, cool. um, I gotta tell you, uh, you knocked it out of the park with that <laughs> summary. I think I'm gonna give him a spot at the annual meeting for so, you know, yeah. all the stuff that's good. He's a commercial for us. Um, so Amol, you, you can uh, take both these folks uh, the advantages of ASIP, um, how you would consider ASIP is probably um, the most important promotional item for a young physician to expand their pain practice, right? Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I got to say, um, Coons really listed a lot of valuable opportunities for physicians young and old. Um, but for me, as I look at ACE um, coming into next year and, and the year after, one thing I really would love to learn from both Michael and Kunj is what can ASIP do to reach out or be a valuable service partner for younger physicians? And Dr. Hansen referenced, you know, when me and Harold got out of fellowship, the thing to do was to hang up a shingle and start a practice. And, you know, it was all practices. And now it seems to be more uh, of an employed model is more prevalent. And that may require ASIP to change some of the offerings or, or what they do. Um, so I'd like to hear from Michael first, and then Kuhn can chime in afterwards uh, on that point in terms of, you know, what do you think ASIP could do better to uh, become a valuable partner for younger physicians? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so as you probably can tell, Kunj and I are on opposite spectrums here. I didn't hang up a shingle and it's very impressive all the stuff that Kunj has been able to do. Um, I, on the other hand, dealt with my own stressors with COVID and getting dissolved and now, um, you know, endings always create new opportunities. So, you know, 
for me right now with my transitions, um, I was recently asked to take over as lead of our pain division. And so I have started looking at some of these practice guidelines to try to change some of the things that we're doing in our practice. And I think that's something that anyone at any level, even younger physicians joining who have access to that information are able to do. Um, but, you know, I, I think Harold kind of uh, alluded to a lot of the issues that people are seeing when they first graduate. And the biggest thing is financial burden and debt. And that's something that is so different now, I think, for graduating, uh, you know, residents and fellows, et cetera, is it's very scary to think about taking out even more debt to try to start your own practice. And so any type of financial advisory opportunities, um, those are things that people are very, or young physicians are very, very, very bad at. I'm having more and more and more conversations with younger physicians who are now thinking about, do I start to pay out my loans? Do I start to invest? What do I do? So financial advising is something that you get from people that you know and trust, but also peers that you've met in a networking setting. And ASAP is one of those places. Um, and then, you know, of course, like I said, job opportunities. Um, again, COVID is a weird time. It's a strange year. Um, and, and I think that a lot of graduating fellows are, uh, in my experience, as many that I've talked to have had jobs put on hold or rescinded. Like Kunj mentioned, um, you know, some urban centers, just academic practices aren't hiring. Right now, most academic practices for most specialties aren't hiring. And um, private practices are reticent to start taking in new younger fellows because they don't know what direction their practice is going financially. And so, you know, generally outside of medicine, what it's something like 85 or 80% of people find employment through their own network or through people that they know. And that is 100% true, especially in medicine. And so if you can connect to a network of physicians and people, you know, like Amal and Harold and others that really understand the field well and have connections to people in different cities, I think that's a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, you know, I even uh, was able at my practice, I just, with all these changes, recruited two graduating fellows from great programs that were in boats of, they're very highly trained with a lot of great skills, but they don't know where to go and what to do in this setting. And so it was really great to be able to offer them that mentorship. And I think others are looking for the same thing. All right, Kunj, you uh, did such a fantastic job. I'm gonna lead you into something here. Uh, with that last explanation that we got, uh, and Michael, you're exactly right. Um, there's enough fear out there and uncertainty that we have to kind of ask you guys, both you guys, tell us. Uh, some of the seniors in ASIP, why don't the younger folks embrace society? <coughs> Kunj, take it. Okay. You know, um, that, that's, a, that's an interesting question. And, um, you know, uh, maybe, you know, and part of it is that the, the, the physicians, you know, they, we, we all have been kind of uh, benefited from the hard work that that you, that you all have done all these years, you know, protecting our uh, our you know our ability to deliver epidurals and facet injections and all the things that now we consider bread and butter. It, it's only considered bread and butter and 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 low hanging fruit because ASIP and and the leaders uh, like like you you and Dr. Sonnen and Harold have all um, protected this. You, you know, every time it, it gets a threat, ASIP is there to to use its political lobbying. And um, you know, and educate senators. And you know, the ASIP lobby days is one of the most successful lobby days I've ever been a part of. Actually, the, the most successful. All the senators you see on TV are there. You know, 
Rand Paul, others, you know, people who are making, who are physician legislators, we bring them to the table and, and, and they come because they, they see value in, in, in talking with ACIP. So, um, you know, I think that, that's one thing that's um, really made it uh, easier for, for us to practice because ACIP and you all have been doing um, so, so much hard, hard work all the time, you know, that brought us to this point. Um, yeah. So we have a message there for the for the youth that are coming in um we want to preserve interventional pain we want to grow interventional pain it, you're both mike and, and Coons, take take 30 seconds both of you and tell us what do you think is the best way to do that mike go ahead that's the best way can you just rephrase that or well, how would the best approach manifest itself to get the youthful interest? We need to get them in the societies. We need to get them to the meetings. <clears throat> they have to be virtual. They have to be virtual. And not so bad. What would you say? So uh, my, first, my first thing I would say is uh, membership organizations have had struggles for the past decade. And that's every membership organization. And for the reason why Kunj just mentioned is all this advocacy work is being done for people in the specialty, regardless of whether or not they're a member. Um, and so what's, what, what I love about ACETIP is I've also appreciated the advocacy work that it does. And um, it's, it's really just the most political and advocacy oriented pain organization that exists. And I think it's really important to maintain support for that membership in that because I see that value. Um, I do think that as we talk about becoming employed as a lot of like I am now and others are, uh, it's really about getting the word out, which is hard, and there's a lot of challenges and obstacles that, but getting the word out about what the organization has to offer and what it's doing and why that's important. And for anyone, regardless of the spectrum of where they're practicing, to recognize that there's an organization that is trying to protect the scope of what you're able to do, expand your ability to do it and protect it. Uh, those are all things in autonomy, which is something that you lose uh, you know, when you're employed to some extent. Um, so all these resources, I think, are really important. It's just people don't always know that they exist. And a, a, a strong advocacy campaign for that, I think, is important, which, again, there's obstacles and challenges to, but it's something that really needs to be done. All right, Coons, you got uh, 30 seconds. Tell us, tell us what ASIP can do to bring us uh, to bring us to the youth uh, that we think we can serve. Sure, sure. So uh, the fantastic thing about ASIP is that it caters to both um, groups of physicians, you know, academic physicians and private practice, whether they're employed or solo practice. You know, as uh, Dr. Sohn mentioned, you know, when he first met me, I was at an ASIP conference where I happened to win the first prize for the fellow um, uh, research award. And the fact, the fact that ASIP has a special research competition dedicated uh, specifically for fellows in their own category to compete, I think it's tremendous. Uh, you know, at that time, it was a project that I led. It was a prospective large trial that I, that I led on opiate reduction at a time when the CDC guidelines had come out and we're just trying to understand and reconcile that okay. with our specialty. Um, so it's very timely, but but every year ASIP brings high quality research um, to a, a, accessible to its members, and and some of the best research uh, gets presented there. I think that's a fantastic opportunity and a low hanging fruit for for academic academic physicians to make a name for themselves and and or mentor students to have an abstract that, that will be accepted. So that that's one thing. And the other thing um, that ASIP can offer young physicians is. 
you know, I alluded to is that we, they really specialize in bringing cutting edge uh, interventional pain med medicine um, to its members. It's the only society that has endorsed endoscopic spine surgery and has cre created a training certificate pathway so that a physician can say, I am formally trained and I have some certification that shows that I'm competent in this. I, I mean, that is just leaps and bounds. And, and you know, ASIP also created the regenerative medicine guidelines that other regenerative medicine societies are citing uh, and helped co-write because ASIP is the best at writing comprehensive guidelines that really change and shape our specialty. Um, and that's why even regenerative medicine societies are using our guidelines to support what they do. Uh, so, so that I haven't seen amongst any other um, organization. And with the exciting things that are coming out, including percutaneous arthroscopy, um, you know, people are doing minimally, minimally invasive carpal tunnel releases. You know, I did, I did some residency. Um, and then now there's even devices that can fuse the spine. It's similar to VertiFlex, but pain physicians are getting into this space. And you can be sure that ASIP is going to study them, that study this area, um, you know, evaluate the evidence, create guidelines on it, and create certification and training pathways for members if, if appropriate. So. Okay, that's uh, well put. I mean, we're a society that's going to endure. Um, now, I'm going to take it around the room again, uh, just kind of to uh, get your final thoughts. We've just got a, uh, maybe two seconds to um, put, put together your, your thoughts on what I said benchmarks. Now, three years from now, five years from now. Amo, why don't you lead us off? Sure. You know, as I look to uh, get more involved with ASIP next year and the year after, one of the big things I'd like to concentrate on and looking forward to working with Michael and Kunj quite a bit is engaging uh, younger physicians, increasing our membership base with that demographic and providing value to those um, younger physicians such that they really want to be involved and be a part of ASIP. So I look forward to working uh, to achieve that. All right, Harold, your turn. And I, 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 my Sympathies are exactly what Amol said, you know, and um, I look at even at our hospital when we are, we're interviewing uh, the CEOs of the hospital, interviewing new people coming out and it's their first job coming out of fellowship and they're interviewing and they say, well, I don't want to serve any committees. I don't want to take call. I don't want to do this. And so it seems like a, a lot of the younger people don't want to um, get involved, but the ones that do like the superstars like Kunj and Michael, they've been great. Um, you know, I think we, we offered out, um, re, you know, residency and medical student positions on the board and they jumped on it and they were great. Um, I would just love to see more involvement from younger people because I think, you know, Kunz is great. He's like an, a, a commercial for us. And here's all the things that we have that you should take advantage of. But I feel like nobody knows that and nobody knows to take advantage um, you know, and, you know, they'll do webinars and there's this whole, you know, this social media thing, which is, you know, beyond my scope because I'm so old. Uh, but Hans, you know, you pick up on, on uh, all these funnels and things like that. But, um, you know, I really would love to, um, to get ASIP um, really where people get involved um, because I think that they'll realize, you know, Coons has realized what we have to offer and other people that don't even care they'll never know uh, what's Michael. out there. Um, and, and I think, yeah, when you get, when you get involved, I think you, you become more part of that organization. You know, you feel more attached to the organization, more loyal to the organization, and, and you want to, other people to get in there. And I think 
you know, breaking that that first date barrier um, is is really what I, I look to these guys and on their leadership um, with ASIP and how we can how we can do a better job at that. Go ahead, Mike. Well, what I've quickly learned, even though I'm just a year and a half out, is that any young person can be an influencer in their own practice, whether or not it's their own practice or they're employed. Uh, if you can demonstrate a value for a new procedure or a new technique um, or uh, you know, technology, uh, then people are going to want to adopt it, especially if it offers something new and special for patients. And so ASIP is one of those organizations that is on the cutting edge of evaluating and presenting these things. And I really look forward to our meetings coming back in person, especially because I actually love the industry component, uh, especially now that uh, I know that I'll be able to hopefully transition a lot of these ideas to our own practice um, now that I'm taking over as a very young person being able to lead the pain division. So um, I'm excited about that and I look forward to, you know, ASIP's continued mentorship of me and also, uh, which I'm very thankful for and hopefully, you know, any contributions that I can make too. No, you can count on it, Kuhn. Yeah, so um, yeah, I just want to, you know, summarize that the, the ASIP practice solutions are amazing. And although I sound like a commercial, it's just because I've benefited, you know, the, the, uh, our pain practice, 50 to 75% overhead has become the norm. And if in any other profession, if you said that you can work from January to July or August, and you get to keep uh, your earnings or from what you get to keep from August to December, you, you know, people would say that's not fair. And that's kind of what our, uh, what our profession is becoming. And it's really through societies like ASIP that are protecting us to allow us to have more autonomy, keep more of our income and, and you know, have a better quality life. And that's directly related to overhead and burnout. If you're stressing to pay your overhead, you're not gonna have a good quality life. And then the other thing is that as our specialty continues to become more uh, in, uh, interventional and really fill that gap between injections and surgery, you know, to really create that specialty of interventional orthopedics, you know, uh, as pain physicians, we'll need to band together as a society in order to do that, to navigate the turf war. Because one person trying to change a specialty on their own is a pending lawsuit. Uh, but, but, but if you do it together, you know, create guidelines and certifications, that's the only way it can happen. You know, it's my favorite saying about this is to summarize is the African proverb, if you wanna go quickly, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. Oh, well done. Oh, we can uh, pretty much sign off on that one, I think. I want to appreciate um, your comments uh, uh, to this podcast uh, uh, with, with kudos. I mean, this was uh, a, a great choice to have on discussing um, where we're headed. And Amol, good luck coming in. You're on uh, the shoulders of a great guy. Uh, Harold, you did a great job. We're looking uh, for a lot from you two, uh, gentlemen, uh, Michael and Kuhn, and we're going to see you soon. So, all right. Bye, everybody. All right. See you in June. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty good podcast. I really enjoyed that, and I hope you did too. Get involved, and don't forget we got our first in-person annual meeting coming up in New Orleans. It's coming up in June. Please take a look at it, asipp.org. It's all right there. We also have a number of previous meetings that you can uh, pick up and take a listen to on the way to work or sitting on the treadmill. I imagine uh, 
we've got some home time that we never really anticipated we'd really ever want, but we can catch up on a lot of stuff that's uh, relevant, especially regenerative medicine. Talk about something that's coming along. I don't see too far in the future where we're going to quit using uh, steroids. We're, uh, corticosteroids are just going to say uh, goodbye to the knees, to the shoulders, trigger points, wherever they've been traditionally used. I think we're going to really be looking at regenerative medicine. Not a lot to lose there. It's autologous. It's your own stuff, and it's safe. So uh, that technology's coming. Papers are coming, and uh, real leaders. ASIPP has some real leaders. And there's a book that um, I use pretty much as a a Bible, really the only good book on uh, this stuff, and it's available on the website as well. Thanks, Lax. Uh, Great job, and all involved with that. It was a uh, major undertaking, considering it's a first shot at a new really a new entire cornerstone to interventional pain medicine Uh, it's good so take a look at it well worth the investment look at the other uh, offerings that are there and don't forget about pain physician pain physician has about every subject you could ever imagine and it's yours it isn't like going to PubMed or the NIH or, or whatever, you know, Google, Google Scholar. I mean, you don't always get the information you need. You get the whole article, Pain Physician. Once again, thank you, ASIPP. And don't forget, if you if you have any time you want to contribute, we're looking forward to it. We had an election, and to those that are coming on board, congratulations. To those that made a an attempt to get on, get on, just I mean, just keep it coming. It it takes a couple of shots sometimes, but it is so worth it. It is definitely worth the process. Plus, we appreciate perseverance. Isn't that what pain medicine is all about? Isn't that what it's all about? Perseverance and weathering a storm or two. We've done that. So thanks again for listening, and we look forward to uh, getting another one that is out pretty soon. And don't forget about that annual meeting. Y'all take care. Bye.